Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Hello again and welcome Intelligentsia to another episode of the Jeffers Brief. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, Intelligentsia, we're going to talk a little bit about equipment. Now, it doesn't seem like it's a big, important pieces of equipment, but it's equipment that you should have. Stuff maybe you thought about or maybe thought about and forgot. We're going to talk about that today. Yes, we are. Oh, where am I? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not Joe Biden. I know where I'm at. Um, first things first. Um, I got an email from one of my very, very first listeners. His name's Kevin. And I haven't heard from him in years. Apparently he's been listening over these years. And normally he'd get a hold of me regularly, then he kind of dropped off. Like most listeners do, they, you know, they listen, but they don't communicate. Okay, that's fine, I get it. But um, he says, hey, have you heard of this thing called the Freedom Cell Network? I'm going, no. Sends me a link. I go there. Okay. What it is, what it is, is this. Um, Freedom Cells are peer-to-peer groups organizing themselves in a decentralized manner with the collective goal of asserting the sovereignty of group members through peaceful resistance and the creation of alternate or alternative institutions. Okay. How, where do I start? You could, you could. It's first of all, it's free to sign up. I signed up. I wanted to see what was it. Get inside, look around. You could, if you are a prepper group or are looking for a prepper group, use this because they got a map in there. If you put in the right information of others who have joined the Freedom Cell Network who think like you do for the most part. I don't know, you'll have to check with each individual. I don't know about that. But it shows you how close you are to someone or maybe in the state and you can, it does all the stuff, right? So anyway, you could use it to make a mutual assistance group or find a mutual assistance group for your prepper group. Something I wanted to put out there. Thanks, Kevin, for getting back to me on it. I appreciate it. Um, I know a lot of you out there, you preppers out there, I don't want to put out my location. You don't have to. But you may not get the results of what you're looking for real close. Like, I mean, you don't have to put your address down. You could put your town down or nearby town and it will search for, you know, others in the Freedom Cell Network. Just something to think about. Uh, I want to put it out there for you because that's what I want to do. Okay, next, I want to talk to you about tactical gloves. Um, I've got a pair. And you're saying, well, why do I need tactical gloves? First of all, they work. And I trained with them on 
and I also used them during when I was working on for the sheriff's office. Mine were the fingerless kind. I mean, they, you know, they had the the leather palms, and they had the nice, uh, you know, right up here. They were from here on. They were fingerless, and I wanted it that way for a reason. And the reason did I not bring it? You know what? I'm going to put a pause on this because I forgot to bring it, and I want to and I want to get this for you. So stand by. I'll be right back. Got it back. The reason, and this is important, is for me why why I wanted the tactical gloves was this reason. When you're shooting your firearm, you will hear, you'll go the bang, you go bang. Now listen carefully. You hear that? That little click was the trigger sear re-engaging. And during a gunfight, you won't hear that. You won't hear it because there's so much, there'll be so much noise going on, you won't hear it but you will feel it and if you're wearing normal gloves you might feel it but I got the fingerless one so I could definitely feel it my trigger finger and I knew I could put another round down range right then and there instead of going the full extension of the trigger now it's been my experience when I'm used when I'm shooting as soon as I feel the trigger here re-engage I squeeze off another round okay if you do that you should be able to put round after round on top of each other or close very close to it because yours is less movement remember when you're holding your you got your your grip and you're holding it there the less movement you do you'll put another round right where you put it there. So you're, it's just a way for me, when I was using my, my gloves, to feel it engage. Bang, oh, there's a trigger here, bang, trigger here, bang, trigger here, bang. Just let out slightly enough till you feel it. You're gonna have to get your own, check it out with your own personal firearm because then you'll get an idea of where on the trigger pull the trigger sear re-engages. Another reason is I hate cuts on my hands. I freaking hate it. Drives me berserk. The gloves protect me from that. Whether it's, you know, you know, and that's another thing too. If I had to fight somebody, the last thing I want to do is get their saliva and crap. You know, when you, you know, you're you're you're, you're in a fight, you're scraping up your knuckles and all that on their teeth and God knows what else. You don't want their saliva and blood in yours. Just an idea. Just put it out there why you should get them. There's all kinds out there. Now, now listen to me carefully, my friends. I don't want to tell you to do anything illegal. Yes, there are gloves out there. They're called sap gloves. And they have uh, powdered lead across the knuckles. So when you hit someone, you're damn near going to knock their dick in the dirt. I mean, something fierce, if not knock them out entirely. We weren't allowed to use those. So I did the next best thing. I got hard plastic and foam. 
Because if I'm in a fight with somebody, I don't want to drag this thing out all day. Hence, I'm not going to tell you to do something illegal. Check your state, see what they have to say. You can buy them. They're out there on the market. What you do with them, well, that's on you. Another, uh, you know what? Great article. And I want to explain to you, you know, sometimes they're called uh, shooting gloves, tactical gloves. Concealed Nation has a pretty decent article on this. Who, who wrote this? I don't even know who even wrote it. They didn't even take credit for it. And it's a pretty damn good uh, article, I think. <clears throat> it starts off, says, I like the stippled grips on my handguns. The textured surface helps give my hand that leverage it needs to take a nice high hold of the pistol. Years of spending quality time with my handguns on the range has led me to use shooting gloves when I want to put some long hours. Shooting gloves help me maintain my grip over the gun while reducing the impact of hundreds of rounds cycling through. Now, I know in a real-life situation, I'm not going to be wearing gloves. I don't carry a pair of gloves with me when I'm out and about. So tactical or shooting gloves are not really something I want to depend upon for my shooting. Now, that said, a comfortable set of shooting gloves is just plain comfy. They are. Once they're worn in, I almost wish it was socially acceptable to just wear them out and about. My wife is thankful it's not. She usually makes some comment about, ooh, how tactical. I can only imagine what you'd say if I made the claim it's completely all right to wear tactical gloves as an everyday clothing accessory, which, by the way, you can in the form of driving gloves. Anyways, but this got me thinking, when do gloves come in handy for practice? Shooting gloves or tactical gloves offer me the following. Trigger finger relief. Protect the skin of my hands. Reduce the number of blisters I get after multiple days on the range and keep a good positive grip on the pistol. While I love those features, I also need to get used to shooting without the gloves. Let me stop there. You know what? If you've been out shooting without, you, you should have been out there shooting without your gloves anyways. All right. You use the gloves. You ever get a snake bite? When the, uh, uh, if you're not familiar with the term, sometimes the slide will come back when you're shooting. And if you're up too high on the grip, you're above the tang here, and you got your grip here, and you fire, the slide's going to come back and it's going to put, it's going to cut you here and here, right in the web of your hand. All right. When that happens, you are going to go, oh, it's called a snake bite. It looks like this. And, and, and it, is it painful? Think of it as scraping your your knee or whatnot. You know, it's there. It's a it's it's a mother. Believe me. All right. So, anyways, that's why you should always set aside some uh, time either early on in your in your uh, range day or at the end to do a series of handgun drills with gloves and without gloves. I don't care if I'm tired or fresh. I want to ensure that the principles of marksmanship that I apply throughout the same course of fire apply the same way with or without gloves. Now, here's winter consideration for shooting gloves. Now, the winter is probably the only time where I'll legitimately have gloves on during the course of my day. I still probably won't be wearing shooting gloves, but I will take advantage of discreet little ways to ensure the gloves I wear in the winter have good grip and have a full tactile function. Remember? It's tactile feeling. Remember triggers here? Yeah, the uh, things I practice for winter time concealed carry, wearing gloves I typically wear, 
drawing my concealed carry handgun from the holster with those gloves on, shooting with winter gloves, changing magazines with winter gloves, safety check, unloading, clearing my gun with gloves on. This is really important. It's not the gloves we want to practice with that are usually the ones we're stuck wearing if we're in a self-defense situation, especially when concealed carry handguns get into the subcompact and microcompact range. It's very useful to know how they handle while you're wearing the gloves. It only takes a few minutes at the range to figure out if your winter gloves are compatible with your everyday concealed carry handgun choice. If they're not, change up the gloves or change up gun or change up carry style until you find something that works. Keep the hands warm and carry on. There you go. So, well, Guns and Ammo, great article also. Kyle Lamb wrote this. He wrote this uh, four years ago, my friends. And this is why, you know, the question is, I'm sure it comes up quite a bit. Should I wear shooting gloves? And the argument seems that to be if you're a civilian or law enforcement officer who does not usually wear gloves during your daily escapades, why would you wear them to train? The fact of the matter is this. If you never shoot with gloves, and one day you pull your fire alarm to eliminate your fire alarm. Pull your firearm to eliminate a threat when you just happen to have gloves on. You'll be behind in the quest to reach the end of your OODA loop before the enemy does. My friends, if you don't know what the OODA loop is, go back. Uh, I don't know, four or five months ago, maybe six months ago, I did two shows on the OODA loop. You need to, you need to know what it is. Practice it, use it, and employ it. If you have never trained with gloved mitts, you will most likely feel uncomfortable handling your firearm and lose some manual dexterity when trying to manipulate it while wearing them. That's why I wear the fingerless gloves. First of all, you must train with shooting gloves. If you shoot every day with gloves, and at the last minute of of the last day I ask you to perform barehanded you will be fine you will shoot a little you will shoot a little better without gloves even though you haven't been training this way however if you always train barehanded and now are evaluated after adding a pair of gloves you will be a little slower uh, let me think about that <sighs> yes you put the gloves on it's going to throw you'll feel a minor adjustment in your grip that you're used to but it's not but it's nothing you can't overcome it's it's you when you do it you'll see what i mean so the quest for great shooting gloves continues you should try to find a large enough pair of thick shooting gloves to fit over your shoot to fit <laughs> to fit over your gloves to make uh, the transition from thick to shooting gloves relatively quick so you have your winter gloves and your shooting gloves you know i don't i don't know if i agree with that but anyways Shooting gloves are expendable. Shooting gloves can be expensive and they don't last forever. I typically wear out a pair in one, one or two months. Whenever I'm in the range, I wear them about 35 hours a week. To protect my hands during shooting, moving targets, stapling, clearing malfunctions, and moving barricades. Gloves are for protection. Now, as a special operations shooting instructor, I was surprised to see 18 students show up on the second day of glove shooting instruction with gloves that had no fingers. This is the that's me. These students had not uh, had shot for a couple of weeks without shooting gloves to refine technique and toughen their hands. 
and next they were to wear gloves. The day prior, their flight gloves looked like they should, with fingers. Day two, no fingers. I was pissed. It seems that one of the other instructors had made the statement that he cut all the fingers out of his gloves. What the students didn't understand was that JP had Kevlar skin and was strong as two oxen. After that day, all the students went back to the central issue facility and turned in the wrecked gloves. If your gloves are too thick for shooting, get different ones, but never compromise the integrity of the glove. Mine came that way. That's what I wanted. That's my personal choice. You will have to decide what's right for you. Now, there are types of shooting gloves. When we talk about shooting gloves, I'm referring to the tactical types, not revolver or padded gloves that are used to protect your support hand during service rifle matches. And you can break down the gloves into these categories, pistol gloves. These require less padding and thickness. Too much of either, you will have severe shooting difficulty. Especially if you're shooting a pistol with small levers and buttons, such as a 1911 or any pistol with a thumb safety. If your shooting gloves won't allow every movement required to shoot a pistol, dump them. Then you've got your carbine gloves. These allow me to operate my carbine. I have enough dexterity with these gloves to know what is going on with the rifle or carbine. Having more padding or tougher materials isn't an issue since the movements with the carbines are simply turning the safety on and off, squeezing the trigger, reloading, and possibly adjusting a scope. Then you have warm gloves. These give you the warmth to stay operational, but they must also allow manipulation of the pistol. Their downfall is the bulkiness associated with insulation and the slipperiness that often comes with warmth-giving materials. There is also the issue of durability, as many are made for winter sports, not shooting. So, I wanted to touch on these because of that. Now, when you're talking about wool, uh, well, let me think. Wool is fantastic. It still maintains its warmth when wet. That's the big thing. Uh, fleece sometimes does that, depending on the fleece. So it's something to think about. Um, I just wanted to put that out there to you, let you know. Maybe you should be looking at something like this. We'll be right back. Hold on. Tired of getting censored on social media? Are you noticing less traffic to your business page or profile? Solve it by joining mumbleit.com today and experience true free speech social media. Join for free at www.mumblit.com. Experience real freedom today. This is Lauren, and I want to tell you about a new team system that CRN is doing. You see, we are going to build a team of like-minded individuals who can learn how to earn an income right from the comfort of home. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then let's do something about it. Maybe you're stuck in a 9-to-5 rut, or maybe you want to make a few extra dollars on the side. You see, it really doesn't matter what the reason is. What matters is the drive and determination. Let us show you how you can join us, build a team, and make a few extra bucks while we're at it. You can even test drive it for free. Log on to www 
pls.crnbroadcasting.com. Watch the video, fill out the form, and become an action taker today. Remember, www.pls.crnbroadcasting.com. Do it now. Yes, you heard, Lauren. Do it now. All right. Something else I want to talk to you about today. Maybe, and I'm sure you've seen it. We've all seen it. Law enforcement officers or military have the radio earpieces. Let's talk just briefly about this. I have this one. I just put on, you know, I, I've used it for years. Um, I never got rid of them. I have a few of them. Now, these will usually, usually either plug into the radio itself or into the collar mic, which you'll see. Now, it's like a three and a half millimeter jack point, puts it in there. There are many, many of these out there. And the reason you want these, my friends, is simple. You have to understand that if you're in a, in a you're trying to be quiet, let's say, for example, grid down and you've been tasked by your prepper or patriot group to go on patrol see what you can find what's going on out there you want to be quiet you want to be stealthy and we all know with Murphy's Law without exception the time you don't want your radio to go off and broadcast to the planet where you are and everything else that goes along with bad juju timing is then. It will happen. Murphy's Law says it will. But you can eliminate that with earpiece. Tactical earpiece. Got a little clip on here. It swivels. Attaches boink right to the collar of your shirt or jacket. Little piece stretches, put it in your ear, no problem. This part, little cord, that part goes in the radio or the mic, depending on your radio model. But I wanted to put that out there because it works. It truly works, my friends. If you want to be able to communicate confidentially with your team members, or with anyone else and you don't let's face it no one else needs to hear what's going on if they're not part of your group your squad whatever they don't need to know and you don't want them to know um, I used to now when I first started getting one I went to Radio Shack you remember the little earpieces you got for the transistor radios well, we were using the old Motorola radios. They were like bricks, you know. And, but the those old Radio Shack transistor radio earpieces would fit. Oh. So I sat there, you know, bought one, sat there, roll it up, put the rubber band around it. I caught so much crap from the corporals and the sergeants and even some of my co-workers and we're talking of this was back in the well think here uh, I started what 1986 1989 
This is like the early, early 90s, like 1990, 1991, 92. Ah, you don't need that. Well, that's because you're a dinosaur and you don't move along with technology. The last thing I wanted, and it happened all the time, we had one frequency. So if I was on a burglar alarm and I found an open door, I got to go into the house, check it out, or the building, check it out by myself. We didn't have two man squads. There's one, one squad, one deputy, handle the call. Okay. So that's what I did. And the one time that just put me right over the edge, got a burglar alarm at a house. It was a, it was a really nice house. It had to be at least a half million dollars. This was back in the early 1990s. So that tells you how big it was. I, I roll up and as I'm walking I, you know, the door is open it's like okay that explains why the alarm went off what the hell could have been the homeowners who just left maybe don't know gotta check it out you know listen and I can hear some scuffling around not scuffling but you know scurrying around and stuff I'm going what the hell is this knock on the door the open door everything stops it's like, oh, and I'm thinking, ah, fuck. So I back away a bit, and I call and say, look, I got people, I've got intruders in this house, start me a, a cover car. And the cover car was coming anyways. So he gets there, as I walk in, come around the corner in the living room, three guys standing there, they look at me, I look at them, and before I, they could even, actually, actually before that happened, as before as I walk in, some guy on the other side of the county, I got a 1038, which is a traffic stop. And then he goes on to broadcast to the planet what he's doing. Meanwhile, I don't have an earpiece. It's blah, blah, blah. And as, as I, and then I come around the corner, it's like, oh, hell, really? Murphy's Law. And again, come around the corner. They're looking at me. I'm looking. I said, "Ah, oh, hell no." So I figure, okay, I'm going. I'm going to go to the biggest guy because I figure, look, if I get, if I can take down the biggest guy, the other two bananas will fall into line, right? No, obviously not. All three of them bolt for the back door, which my cover car had gotten there, and he was just walking up to the back door, and I'm, you know, finally, uh, Mister. I got to tell the world what I'm doing on the radio. Instead of getting on the radio, say what you got to say and get the hell off to keep the frequency clear. Hey, I got three running, heading eastbound, out the back door, da-da-da-da-da. The cavalry's coming. Everybody's coming. My point is this. Yes, uh, yes, we did, we, did, we did catch them eventually. We caught them, you know, had to run them down, but, you know, it's like, hell. That's when I that's when I was in my twenties. Not when I was in my fifties. But um it was after that I decided right then and there, when I'm when I'm done processing these guys down at the jail, tomorrow, Radio Shack, I'm gonna do it. So I caught all kinds of hell for that. Little did we know that, you know, some years later, everybody now the department has one of these. So, 
you may have not have thought about getting an earpiece for your radios, for your uh, your tactical radios. It might be a good idea for you. I don't know. It's up to you to decide what you can and can't or should or should not get. I think when you use these, like I said, it's you got to get used to it. All right. The first, I got to tell you, after three hours, I wanted to rip it off. Go. Argh! It's normal. Your ear will get used to it. Okay. So don't freak out on it. You should, you know, like I said, you've seen, you know, special forces, especially all the video that's coming out from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and all the other places that our forces are engaged in. They they may not wear this particular model or style, but they are wearing them. Now you go to many websites, uh, Hamtronics.com. They've rated uh, the best police radio earpieces for 2020. Came out uh, a week ago. If you're looking at it, you can get cheap ones. That you know. Just remember, you get what you pay for. You can get the most expensive one. I, I got one in the middle of the road. It works fine. And I use this, like I said, for years. And because I've done that, um, you have to check this, my friends. Um, you have to check radio compatibility. So find out your radio make and model. You don't need the serial number make and model you can go in to uh, these online stores and they'll tell you which earpieces if they have them if they make them if they can obtain them will be compatible with your particular radio your two-way radio all right second is collar mics all right I liked the collar mics and I'll tell you why because before we had collar mics like I said we had to sit here. Ah, I gotta take it off my belt. Now I've just tied up a hand so I could talk on the damn radio. And then I gotta put it back. Alright, I didn't I didn't find that to be a good idea. <coughs> but at that point in time, not a lot I could do about it. I did, however, decide to go talk to one of the uh, older guys over at the radio shop that the the sheriff's office had. I said, look guys, this is what I'm having to deal with. They said, why don't you just come over here in the first place? We got a whole bunch of these collar mics for them. Really? I'll take one, thank you. Hence, taken care of. Now, of course, over the years, as we got rid of the old Motorola system, they ended up buying, what I, don't know, I think it was Kenwood or whatever. I don't remember. But anyways, every time we got new radios, I made sure that I had one of these. And I found out now, I went, I went to the radio shop guys. These guys were great. They're all ham radio operators. This is, they got paid full-time job to play with radios, which is their hobby, which is what they love. And I'll tell you right now, if, you know, I made a point. I'm like, I'm going to be here at least a half hour because these guys will talk about radios, ham radios, equipment, all day long if I let them. So I figure I'd like, let me be nice. They're going to do something for me. Let me at least hear them out for at least a half hour. So I call in. Hey, I'll be off the air for a half hour over at radio. I'll be over at radio repair. And far. So, uh, so 
That's what I did. Now, collar mics do a couple things for you. You're not pulling back and forth. Now, a lot of guys, what they do with the collar mics is you've know, you got the cord, they just run up the back, their back, instead of letting it dangle in front. Because when you're going places, doing stuff, you're in a fight, that's the first thing that's going to get dragged. For, it used to be, you, you know, when you're in a fight, they used to grab for your badge. Well, they still grab for the badge, but now they grab it here. Arr, now they got the radio, uh, your collar mic cord, and your badge, and they rip and pull, and off it goes. But you run up, you run the cord up your back, and then over the top, you just attach it to your epaulette here. Boom, boom, boom. Don't be talking into the radio like this, going, "All right, therefore." No, hold your way off to the side. Talk across the mic. Because if you talk like this, you're going to be over-modulating. No one's going to hear you. It's going to sound blurred. Yeah, you, no one will understand you. Talk across the radio, across the mic. Yeah, 10 4. Keep looking forward. You can talk. Your voice carries. It will be picked up by the mic. Okay? So there we are. There it is. Again, it's a lot easier to do this and keep your hand free as opposed to having a radio in there. Time far. I'll be in route. Yeah, and you put it back on your belt. Okay. Speaking of which, let's talk about something. Do you have a radio carrier for your belt? If you don't have an equipment belt, whether it's an LBE or a uh, Sam Brown belt, utility belt, you need to get one. Now, I did have a, a co-worker, I got the clip on the radio, I'll just slide it on my belt here. And I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, it's all, it's all well and good until that clip fails, and it will fail. It's just a spring-loaded device. It will fail, you won't know it. It will fall off your belt, and there you are. And then here you're walking around. you got your collar mic. It's stretched down to the ground. Your radio's scraping along the sidewalk. Now you're screwed. First thing that I did and a bunch of other guys did, we took those springs off the back of the radio, threw them in the uh, trunk of the squad. I'm not going to use that. Got a radio carrier. It will stay on the belt. It will be protected from the weather. And it won't be, you know, beat up on to be somewhat protected so get a radio carrier yes they make them find out again your make and model of your radio go looking for them you should have them everyone in your group should have one you should everyone in your group should have a utility belt an equipment belt call it whatever you want you should have it I'm just talking from experience here not much else all right. You with me so far? Yes? Okay. We'll be right back after this, so hang in there, all right?
So are you tired of being tired? Well, then it's time to get the tea. Hey, it's Lisa here to tell you about this all-natural, all-organic tea I've been drinking that has had great results for over 20 years. It's called Life Change Tea, and it's specially formulated to help detoxify and cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. This tea helps cleanse chemicals caused by outside intruders from our entire digestive system and get this, weight loss can be a side effect. And with continued use of the tea, you can experience clear, healthier, younger looking skin, increased energy, and a happier outlook on life. So if you're tired of being tired, get the life change tea at getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. And like me, you'll be glad you did. Life is unpredictable, but you can count on Valley Food Storage to help you and your family prepare. With clean, natural, great tasting, and long-lasting food storage, with our natural and nutritious freeze-dried food, you'll be storing the food you love to eat. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Valley Food Storage banner. All right, Intelligentsia, you know what you got to do. All right. Uh, let me think is some oh you know what? You get to you have to choose the radio that's right for you. Most radios are gonna be compatible with each other, different makes, different brands, because the radio frequencies are gonna be the same. Now, if you want to encrypt your radio signal, you probably should get the same make and model of all radios. So everybody in the group can have encrypted radio. All right, enough said there. For, you know, a couple of things about the elect about the election. I wanted to share. I wanted to share with you, and that is this: um, when the mainstream media says, "Well, there's just no evidence of voter fraud." You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the population, the townspeople in those German towns at the end of World War II who happened to be located a couple miles away from the concentration camps where they're burning human bodies, their victims. And they say, well, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know anything about that. That's what it reminds me of listening to the media. There's no evidence. Willful blindness doesn't count, my friends. And believe me, when you know, townspeople said, well, we didn't smell it. I've smelled burning human flesh. It is a smell. Once you smell it, you will never, ever, 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 ever forget it. You will know what it smells like. So, this, you know, we, can, we came out, you know, I mean, when they show video, movies, of people cheating, counting the ballots, and the media says, well, where's just no evidence? Are you out of your mind? What's it going to take? Jesus himself coming down and pointing it out to you because you're too, too damn dumb or corrupt? To actually even think it, 
see it, know it? No. He, they wouldn't even listen to the Lord Jesus. They would not listen to him either. One thing, you know, I don't, I've been trying to get away from a lot of political stuff, but there is one thing I've got to hit you before I leave. You know, Joe Biden's latest speech shows the Democrat bait and switch is a scandal. This is from Red State. Bonchi did a great job on this. And I want you to understand what we're talking about here, so I want you to listen to this, all right? And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. He currently, the Attorney General of California, leading the second largest Justice Department in America. And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. He currently, the Attorney General of California, leading the second largest Justice Department in America. All right, now you know what we're talking about here. Um, let's face it, Joe Biden is uh, turning into a mental dumpster fire for the cameras. Let's be honest. That's probably because he's been mostly in hiding, even more so than usual since the election. There's also been a lot of other news out there to cover, but rest assured, Biden's mental acuity has not been the recipient of a miraculous change. He's still as incapable and obviously senile as he was during the campaign. Case in point today, Biden gave a speech in which he appeared to be a dead man walking. At one point, he announced as Javier Becerra for Health and Human Services had, except he is so far gone that he couldn't get either one of those points correct. And here's something that should be expected. If you're going to nominate someone to a position in government, and to be clear, this is all symbolic right now because the election isn't over yet, you should at least know their name and how to say it. You should also know what department you are nominating them to. Biden is incapable of tackling either one of those monumental challenges. All this would leave any normal human being wondering whether Biden actually did make these picks. Did he have any real say? Or are his surrogates and Kamala Harris just running the show fully now? Given how out of it he have, he's appeared in his most recent media appearances, and it's not really a conspiracy theory to speculate Biden is simply a figurehead at this point, the Democrats wanted to defeat Trump. That was their only goal. Now they are just have saddened the nation or saddled the nation with a guy who's more prepared to eat pudding than make tough decisions. Honestly, this is one of the worst bait-and-switches in political history. Democrat leaders knew this guy was a shell of his former self, and his former self was never impressive either. Yet they pushed this guy to the forefront, rallying around to make sure he won the primary. They hid his condition as best they could, denying it to this day even as it becomes clearer and clearer. Never once did they stop to ask how this might affect the nation. It's all downright scandalous with you, you know, when you think about it. Imagine how the media would have reacted if Republicans had tried this nonsense. They'd be accused of pushing a Manchurian candidate and lying to voters about their nominee's condition. 
but because Biden has the right letter next to his name, they pretend all is well. Joe Biden is not well, and the media can only cover for him so long. It's fairly obvious they can't really even cover for him anymore because he's just that far gone. And these clips keep coming at a nearly daily rate because things are truly that bad. Now, the man most likely to be sworn in this coming January pretty clearly has dementia, and other elitist betters are just shrugging at his off if it's just no big deal. That's how much they value their own political wants over everything else. In a more just world, that would never be rewarded. That's just part of the problem. You know, they talk about, you know, well, you should have the vaccine and you should have to carry a card that says that you've been vaccinated. Why don't you just have me wear a yellow Star of David on my arm? I mean, that worked out so well before. Whether you get the vaccine or not is up to you. Whether you get the disease, that's up to you. How you behave, how you act. All right? I've said it before. So with that said, I'm going to leave it there. Keep fighting. The, main, oh, the mainstream media keeps screaming about, oh, before I forget, Justice Alito did not dismiss the case from the Supreme Court, despite what the mainstream media would have you say. What he did do is deny the emergency injunctive relief. Why? Because the state of Texas has sued the battleground states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. That case contains the same arguments that the Pennsylvania case does, and the Texas case is much larger. Since now, nine other states have also joined Texas in that fight, and they're right. So when the mainstream media says, that's been rejected, no, it hasn't. The, emer the injunctive emergency relief has been rejected, not the case itself. All right. Oh, all right, my friends. Until next time, I'm John Jeffers here at the Jeffers Brief. Um, do this. Be safe, be alert, be vigilant. Yes, yes. Think about what we talked about today. Shooting gloves, freedom cell, radio earpieces. All right. Until next time, I'm John Jeffers. Be good.